0: You're listening to Messages from the Middle. I'm Wendy Parrish. This is episode number 32, Winter is Coming. My strategies for dealing with the winter months. Let's get into the episode. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. Hello, and welcome to episode... 32, And happy Halloween. Okay, I'm actually recording this on Halloween, but this will go live on November 1st. So happy November. So I'm curious, are you one of those people that day after Halloween is immediately Christmas? Do you actually set aside a little moment for Thanksgiving? Or are you just like all in? Or, you know, maybe Christmas isn't your jam. I. It's interesting, I had never really considered that until last year. Well, I guess the beginning of this year, I was part of a coaching group. And it was very interesting hearing people's stories about the holidays and realizing that Christmas isn't for everyone. And that's okay. Um, it's a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. So if you know me, or even if you don't, it's okay. I just should tell you that I I don't love winter. I I just don't love winter, which I've never lived somewhere that doesn't have winter. I have lived in Utah, Montana, and Pennsylvania, and they all have winter. Also interesting, I haven't always hated winter. I remember when I was in college not loving it because walking to and from classes in that crazy cold, I was... Telling my kids when we went to my campus, I went to Utah State University in Logan, and I was explaining to them this like corridor of wind between like the libraries and the business. I don't know, the campus has changed so much since I was there, but you'd like come around the corner, and all of a sudden it would be like the wind would just blast you, and you'd be walking. It'd feel like you were like in one of those like, I don't know, old timey movies where somebody's like trying to like slog through winter storm weather to get to class so that was fun and then in Pennsylvania when I lived there we had real legit snow days like everything got canceled because of snow and I loved that the first time that we lived there I didn't have my first child until we lived there for three years so we didn't have kids for the first little bit, and there were nor'easters. Those of you on the East Coast know what I'm talking about. These big storms that come in and just dump like five feet of snow in one day. And so everything would be canceled. And somehow, especially the Utah people would all manage to get together at somebody's house and we'd play games all day and watch movies. And one of our friends had a piano, so we'd like sit at the piano and like play piano and sing. And I, I mean, it sounds like, Unreal to me now, (laughs) like sitting around the piano and playing and singing, like that's my dream. But that's what we did. And I loved it. And when we moved back, I had kids, and same thing. We had Snowmageddon one year, and school was canceled for like a week. So we stayed in and we made cookies and again watched movies. And this is when the Wii was super popular. So we played the Wii all the time. And I loved that. And so I really can't explain why winter has now taken a dark turn for me but it has and I would say maybe about five years ago I remember thinking I live here I'm going to live here as long as my husband is choosing his job and so I've got to figure out a way to get through winter and about this time, I was hearing or seeing the word hygge everywhere. Um, admittedly, when I started seeing it everywhere, I was saying hygge, <laughs> it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. It is a Danish term and cool thing, I'm Danish. I don't know how Danish, but I'm Danish. And just like so many words in the English language, well, sorry, just like so many words in other languages, there's not a direct translation for "huga." So I'm gonna try to explain it to describe it. I've read a bunch of different definitions. And basically, what it comes down to is this feeling of coziness, or contentment, well being comes up a lot. So here's the interesting thing. I complain about winter. And I have said that since we moved to where I live now, that was when I really struggled with winter. And I think the reason being it's darker here. It's cloudier here. Now it's the same as where I grew up, but I guess, I don't know, when I was a kid, I just didn't notice I was busy. Life was what it was. I don't know. Or maybe I was struggling. I just didn't know because I had too many other things in my brain so I wasn't like cognizant of the fact that oh hey I really do struggle when it's dark the people in Denmark they don't see the sun a lot either it's not like we need to learn how the people in Hawaii are so happy (laughs) like they've got the ocean and the sun and pineapple like of course they're happy um that was a bit of an oversimplification. (laughs) But I guess I'm just saying, if I want to know how to survive winter, and not really even just survive winter, then it's helpful to look at a winter culture that are considered some of the happiest people in the world. And what do they do? And how do they manage winter? Before I get into that, I just want to take a moment and talk a little bit about Um, wintertime and mental health, there is a real thing called seasonal affective disorder. I've heard people say, well, nobody's happy in the winter. And what's interesting is I then want to ask that person, um, is that true? Because I grew up in a skiing family and I remember the first snowfall was like a party. Where I live now, there's a group of people, they have pray for snow parties There's people that love winter. They thrive during winter. They love to ski, cross-country ski, any number of things. People still function and thrive in the winter. The statistics that I read was about 5% of people are affected by seasonal affective disorder. And of those 5%, I believe it was about 1% that it really is debilitating. And I've seen this. I have seen how it affects people. Why this is the case? There's sciencey reasons. There's you know a few other thoughts about why people are more affected by winter. One of those being we're just not seeing the sun. We need to have sunlight in our eyes to get serotonin moving to activate our melatonin, and we need vitamin D. That's sun on the skin. That's helpful for mood and also our immunity and physical health so there are those scientific reasons why it affects people and then there's the circumstances of winter we're not as active there's less daylight there's less time that we're out doing things and also there's time of year and association and I'll speak to that from my personal experience One of the darkest times that I went through was a couple years ago, and it was right around the holidays. Um, I will say that it was really, really dark because I was going through a medication transition, which I don't know that I talked specifically about this experience in my episode on medication, but I did talk about medication transitions and how really, really challenging and difficult they are. So I was going through a medication transition and it was just a really hard time. And also just associations with that hard time and then the way that as I was in that very vulnerable emotional state, how things then affected me, challenges going on in my life then really showed up and affected me even more. So I would even venture to say that there is some trauma triggers associated with this time of year for me, and I would be willing to bet for other people. It's just a time that there's a lot of focus on family and love and comfort and joy. And what if that hasn't been your experience? What if that's not always your experience? What if there is an association of a death in the family or a traumatic experience that happened around the holidays and then there's all the tangible reminders of it. There's not really another season that has music associated with it and only played at that time and music brings back memories, smells. There's very specific... Christmas smells, decor, colors, lights, there's just so many stimuli that can bring up those trauma triggers. So these are reasons why this season is hard. So I've got some of those. And also, I just don't like to be cold. And yes, the dark really does bother me. I just crave the sun. We get really, right now, right now, it's super, super foggy. I can't even see the house next to me. We get really like buried in this fog in the wintertime because we're in a valley. We're in a mountain valley. I don't love it. So there are the ways that you work to manage your mental health around this time of year that I have talked about in previous episodes. You know, quick recap, continue to move continue to exercise move your body 30 minutes a day if cold is not adverse to your health get outside walk outside every chance that you can even though the sun may be behind some clouds those uv rays still get into your eyes and they still can help your serotonin and your melatonin levels and just you know help your overall health so there's activity there's paying attention to you know your medications are you taking the right medications there's meditation drinking water gratitude journaling all the things that i've talked about in previous episodes and i will continue to talk about the reason why i wanted to talk about huga in this episode is because that's just another layer to add on and also for me, at least, because I like a good theme and I like to like introduce something new. It's just something to think about that's not like, all right, this is mental health. It's almost like decorating for Christmas. Like, okay, winter's coming. Let's start living our Huga life, which by the way, Huga is associated a lot with winter time, but actually there's like a whole summer Huga. Like it's, it is year round, this feeling of contentment. But it was, it's been really helpful for me as I've approached winter. This, the first thing I'm going to talk about has nothing to do. I promise you it is not on a single Huga book, blog, anything you'll ever read about. But the first thing that I did five years ago is I got what I call my huga tree. It is not a Christmas tree. It is a huga tree. It's a slightly smaller, pretty skinny, fake white Christmas tree that I decorated very Scandinavian. I've got a lot of Scandinavian style ornaments on it. And then I also put some of my happy ornaments on it, ornaments I've picked up from my travels. I've got my Scottish ornament on there. I've got my Greek ornament on there. So just happy things on this tree and it goes up as soon as it gets cold. So I put that tree up about a week ago and it just brings those cozy twinkly lights in and it's got you know really happy ornaments on it and I'll post a picture of this tree on Instagram so that you can see what it looks like and this tree also stays up as long as I need it to it's my cozy tree and so every once in a while people will be like oh your Christmas tree still up and I'm like that's not my Christmas tree and my kids know they call it the huga tree it's actually really cute they'll be like oh huga tree oh huga tree like they know they know it's the huga tree So that's just, uh, you know, something from me, just a suggestion from me that I have used to bring light and joy and color into the dark time of the year. So these are some of the benefits of incorporating húga into your life. It has a wide range of benefits. One, you know, like I've talked about, it just helps to increase your happiness, just brings you that little bit of joy, those little glimmers of joy and scientifically speaking, it decreases the adrenal stress response. So it, re- it helps you have less cortisol spikes and it helps you be more present and in the moment. One of the descriptions that I read of HugA that I loved was mindfulness wrapped in a blanket. I love that, that sounds so good. It helps you to improve your self-care and your self-love. You have to be mindful and conscious of what you're doing when you are practicing huga it increases feelings of contentment and decreases consumerism and it helps you to go to healthier coping strategies instead of just being online scrolling watching television things like that it just helps you to avoid maladaptive coping strategies for example one of the things that is recommended for Huga, and we'll get to this when I give you, you know, different things to do, is to wrap yourself up in a blanket, sit by a cozy fire or a light that feels as cozy as a fire, and read a book. So you're not on TV. you're not bringing that artificial light into your home and into your eyes, and you're reading a book. And by the way, like a book, because another one of the elements of Huga, is texture and feel. So actually holding a book in your hands and turning pages. That's why it helps you to not be scrolling, not being on TV as much. I'm not going to be that person that's like, all winter long, I will give up TV. No, actually watching TV is one of my joys. So as I stated before, I've read quite a few different definitions for the word "huga." Because, like I said, there's no actual English translation right away. So, like I said, one of my favorites was Mindfulness Wrapped in a Blanket. Also, you've just got, you know, you're warm and cozy and well-being. There is a book I read when I started um, trying to learn about hygge, Um, I guess, like I said, five years ago. Written by Mike Viking. I want to say Viking, but I don't know. Here's the thing. Let me digress for a moment. I have a few Scandinavian friends, and one of my favorite things is that they say their V's like W's. So they would say Vikings for Vikings, and I love it. It's one of my favorite things. So I don't know. Mike Viking wrote the book, The Little Book of Huga, The Danish Secret to Happy Living. And in that book, he says, Huga is about an atmosphere and an experience. It's all about being with people we love, a feeling of home, a feeling that we are safe. And I love that. I think that's such a beautiful definition. So, let's talk about some of the elements that can bring huga into our lives. So, one that I love, one that I think is at least it's fun for me, maybe it's not fun for other people, is Designing your space and creating a clean and cozy space for yourself. So you want to design a space for coziness. So this might mean pulling out an old comfortable quilt or putting extra more extra pillows on the couch. Pillows with textures that you love. Just creating a very cozy, comfortable feeling. A lot of different HUGA resources talk about creating like a HUGA nest, so somewhere with blankets and pillows that's very cozy with the right lighting, and I created this for myself in my bedroom. (laughs) Ironically, it is no longer there because we had to put something else in that space, but I had a big old leather chair, and I had a blanket there, and it was next to my bookshelf, and I had a lamp that put off nice you know, warm light next to a fireplace. And as I'm talking about it, I'm like, "Mm, I think I want this space back in my room again. (laughs) I think I might have to steal the chair back from my daughter's room and put it back in my room. Another thing about the decor and the space is that you want to use natural elements, bringing like the outdoors in. So wood elements, indoor plants, a very clean and light and open decor and using elements and pieces that have meaning to you, things that have nostalgia. So if family pictures are your thing, put up old family pictures or old family pictures, things that are vintage, things that remind you of grandma's house, things that remind you of cozy and happy times. Another one that came up every time uh, and all the research that I did was lighting. Lighting is an essential part of creating a sense of hygge in your living space. The use of warm and soft light creates an inviting and a comfortable space. And this is compared to like harsh, bright bulbs, fluorescent lighting, the blue light that we have everywhere. So keep in mind that the higher the lumens on the bulb, the brighter the light. So you might want to get lower lumens on your light or if you have a dimmer on your light switches that's a great way to do it or you know if you're a electrical kind of person have a dimmer installed on your switches you could also use floor lamps instead of overhead lighting this one is so funny to me because I remember when we first moved to our apartment in Pennsylvania I remember walking in and going to flip the light switch and I was like there are no overhead lights So we had to go to Walmart and I remember we spent $8.88 on floor lamps and put them all over our house. And initially I was like, it's so annoying to have to like go around and turn on all these lamps. But I really grew to love it. And I actually really hate overhead lighting right now. It really bothers me. Like it bothers my eyes. I'll walk into my bedroom, my husband will have the light on and I will immediately flip it off. I just want lamps. Um, that's me and maybe that is more related to just this desire for comfortable and cozy and I do feel that way more definitely in the winter time but it's dark so much more so we have the lights on more so yes overhead lights they create light that's just bright for the room it feels very institutional it feels hospital it feels school right so using floor lamps and your table lamps allows you to create lighting that feels a little bit more intimate for the space. That lamp that's on the table is just lighting, you know, that little area, much like a candle, which candles are the next thing that go into helping to con- to give you that cozy feeling with lighting. Candles are pretty much the like hallmark source when you talk about hygge style in space. Candles create warmth. They have that soft and flickering and moving light that creates a sense of relaxation and and comfort. Which by the way, a candle flame or a fire, it has a movement and emotion to it that if you look at it, it gives your brain a break. It just lets your eyes kind of focus and not focus and gives your brain a little bit of a break. So if you are feeling a little dysregulated, hyper-stimulated, your brain's kind of just moving, light a candle and just look at it for a little while and breathe. Sit in front of a fireplace and same thing, just look into the flames and just allow those, that movement, the natural movement of the flames to just give your brain a moment of rest. And speaking of fireplaces, that's another one, which is a tricky one, right? How many of you have wood burning fireplaces? I'm very curious. In fact, I don't know that like new homes are allowed to have wood burning fireplaces. I'm not sure. I do know that my friend Amelia has a wood burning fireplace and it is gorgeous and it's beautiful. And I love going to their house in the winter when they do have a fire going. It is like the snap crackle pop is amazing. My family has a cabin that we've had since forever, and it has wood-burning fireplaces. We don't use them that often because we're usually there in the summer. But again, I just loved waking up as a kid to that sound of like the pop of the fireplace. And how many of you have memories of going camping and sitting around a fire and just staring into firelight and just the light, the way that it lights everything up and the way it just brings, again, a feeling of contentment and cozy? However, a fireplace and a fire is not attainable to everyone, and that's just fine. We have gas fireplaces in our house, and they almost do the same thing. You don't quite get the sound, but when the fire is going, it, it, gives you, it still gives me that nice cozy feeling. And then there are also lights that do recreate a flickering um, fire or candle. And by the way, I'm gonna link in the show notes, I have created a list in Amazon of lights, um, candles that are flameless that still have that flicker that can help you to create the hygge feeling without the risk of burning your house down. After lighting, there's texture. And I kind of love this one. In fact, when I started reading about hygge a couple years ago, I used to be very much a knitter and a crocheter and I kind of stopped for a while and after I started reading about HUGA again and textures and fibers, I started knitting again. And I was knitting with really thick yarn and it was very, very satisfying. So if you think about HUGA being about things that are soft and cozy, then you want to incorporate soft and cozy accessories like blankets and throw blankets and pillows and rugs and just different things that create a very inviting space soft textures are very calming and they allow us to feel soothed when anxiety runs high an interesting thing about this is when you have soft and cozy textures in your space it helps other people feel calm and And then they open up more. And that creates more open conversations that create a deeper connection. These textures just can also help us feel connected to nature in ways. So when I was talking about like knitting, my thought was more when I started doing it like fibers. So a lot of what was being done, you know, in Denmark, if you look at at Nordic sweaters and things like that. They're made from natural fibers. So this correlates a little bit to the decor where I talked about using nature, bringing the outside in. So wood textures, natural fibers as your textures, and even what I talked about at the very beginning, paper made from trees. Reading a book, holding an actual book in your hand that's another texture that creates more of a calming and soothing feeling. Okay, let's talk about warmth. Because that might just be where I struggle the most is warmth. And if I'm being honest, it's more like regulating my body temperature, because I can be so cold. And so I like pile on the blankets. And then next thing I know, like, part of my legs are hot, but my feet are cold. But like, my hands are cold, but my arms are hot. I don't know. It's it's a very complicated situation. But let's talk about warmth. So again, you know, maybe bump up the thermostat sometimes and just sit under some electric blankets or wrap yourself up in the cozy, comfortable blankets. When you go outside, put on those gloves, the hats, the scarves, and just, fi- you know, find... Warmth. In fact, that's something I actually, I like I said, I don't like winter. But one thing I do love is when I feel bundled up and I'm outside. So things I love about winter. See, I can do this. I can find positive things. I love cross-country skiing. And I love that you're in warm clothes, but then as you get moving, you warm up. So maybe you still need the hat and like a vest, but then you're warming your own body up with motion. But you still feel that chill on your face. To me, that's very huga. That feels very like connected outside in nature, feeling the cold, but finding warmth. The textures that are on my body to keep me warm are very cozy and comfortable. So that's an excellent transition into the next one, which is activity doing things that help you feel connected. Connected to other people, connected to the earth. So, like a textbook huga day would be going outside and cross country skiing for the day, maybe pausing halfway through, lighting a fire in the snow and sitting by the fire to make your lunch or to drink cocoa, and then coming in to a warm, cozy home. And having peaceful music playing, a fire burning, light some candles, eat some cozy comfort food, and play games with friends. There. I just gave you all the activities you need for the winter. Did I just describe Christmas? I probably just described some people's Christmas activities. But really, any activities that help us feel peaceful, cozy, and connected to others a big part of Huga that I'm not really talking about as much but I should and ever get there is that connection to others to people can we huga alone yes do I of course but do I enjoy it more when my family is around to enjoy it with me absolutely is it amazing when I've got friends and people around me uh-huh like one of my favorite memories in the last couple of years was a cross-country skiing girls trip that I did and it was just like after coming in from the cross country skiing and eating food and getting warm and playing games it was just like the best day it felt like being being a kid so finding activities that help you to feel connected to others is another thing that helps with huga as far as huga activities go gathering with friends at home is primary so if you think about gathering and being focused on connecting with others, then what are we doing? Are we watching Netflix? Probably not. And they're cozy and comfortable. So it's not getting dressed up and being fancy. It's more the opposite. It's offering a space that's casual and inviting and it allows others to come in and feel very much at home and to focus on relationships. So once again, a game night or Another one that I love is a book night. Did you guys know I'm so like my ADHD is showing in this episode, but I just think this is the coolest thing. One of my best friends is Icelandic and in Iceland, I thought it was just her family, but I read it somewhere else. So, so I'm calling it fact. For Christmas Eve, they get given a book and then they just stay up all night reading the book. That's what they do for Christmas. I'm a reader. I love to read. So to me, that sounds amazing. The idea of like me and my family just kind of sitting around by a fire under blankets reading a book all Christmas Eve, that sounds dreamy. I want to be Icelandic now. And just to end, I just want to bring up a few things um, aside from húga that I am doing to try to make this winter better. So number one, complain lest. That is a challenge for me because every time I'm cold, guess what I want to do? Go right into complain mode. Right there. Let's go. Let's complain. And the opposite of complain is gratitude. So my family had a practice for a long, long time and summer kind of threw it off and I thought it would come right back when we went back to school, but going back to school has still been a little chaotic for our family. But we would gather together at night and each say five things we were grateful for. And so I want to bring that back is our gratitude practice as a family and just for myself, gratitude journaling. Number three is to read an actual book. I'm an audible book person and I want to spend time holding a book in my hands and reading, even if it doesn't take very much time, but actually reading. Number three is to integrate this candlelight firelight idea into my meditation practice to try to bring more cozy warmth and comfort into time that I've already set aside for meditation. And number three is to continue to make my bed every day, but add an extra layer of cozy, comfortable blankets. So this I am (laughs) If you know, I'm not sponsored by anyone. This podcast is still, you know, eking its way. We're still finding our way. We're still finding an audience. I'm working on it. (laughs) So not sponsored by anyone. But if you guys heard of Minky Couture Blankets, first of all, if you go to the website, you're going to see the prices and you're going to be like, Wendy, you're insane. There are always coupons. I swear they never sell their stuff full price. But they have these blankets. They're called hug blankets. They're magical. Like totally worth the cost of admission. I just, I had a small one that I used for about two years and I just got a really big one. And like everyone fights over it. So adding that blanket onto my bed after I make my bed, just making my bed a cozy, warm and inviting space because despite what I try to think and teach and whatever, I do a lot of work in my bed. It's just, again, it's a cozy, comfortable place. I have both the dogs and the cat usually in bed with me while I'm working. And I actually really love it. So if I add that cozy, comfortable blanket, just adding that extra level of comfort and security. Number four, I have a happy light. These are lights you can get on Amazon and they are full spectrum lights. It's recommended that you sit in front of one of these lights if you af- if you are affected by seasonal affective disorder, anywhere from 20 minutes to two hours a day. So I have this light, but I haven't used it very religiously. So I'm going to set aside time to use my happy light. Just have it sitting next to me again while I'm reading, while I'm working, and just allow that light to be in my eyes. And I have linked the again the list from my Amazon that does have some of these happy lights there in my I'll have it in the show notes and the last one is to get outside as much as I can my goal is every day but I know that there's going to be busy days I know that there's going to be days where it's super windy and stormy and I'm just not going to do it but to go outside and walk as much as I can Every day, even though it's dark outside and the sun is hiding behind a cloud, there's still natural light and there's still a lot of power in that natural light and in being outside in nature and connecting to nature. So, I hope this list of things helped you. I understand this is not comprehensive. I understand that seasonal affective disorder and depression getting worse through the holidays and through the winter. Is real. I fully get that because I have been there and I'm a little bit worried that I'm headed there again, which is why being aware of where I'm headed, being aware of my mind, and taking steps to be ready, to be prepared for what's happening and what's going to happen instead of just allowing my base brain to just win using my higher brain to make choices ahead of time while I am still in a good enough place to make these choices will hopefully help set a better tone for this winter going forward. Thank you so much for joining me today. I would love it if you could please leave me a rating and review. I, like I said, I'm trying to get what I have to say out there. I, do feel like my message of mental health and mental health awareness is one that needs to be heard by a lot of people. And so I'd love a rating or review, and I'd love it if you could share this with anyone that you can think of that you think would benefit from this podcast. And I need you to know that you are loved and that you matter, no matter who you are or where you are in your story. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much, and see you next time. Fuck